nothing. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Squat Cobbler. This is episode 83. I am Mike at Official Pagan on Everything, and joining me as always... Hi, everybody. This is Kelly at K-E-L-L-Y-T-H-U-L on Twitter and Instagram. And this is the point in the show where we really should start, especially for the new people who aren't the dyed-in-the-wool squatties. I believe that's the first time we've used that phrase on here. Who aren't the dyed-in-the-wool squatties. To head on over to your YouTube page, like the video, subscribe, check us out on all of your podcasting platforms, and subscribe to us there. Absolutely. That would be fantastic if you do that. It's good. It's good we get that out early before before they might turn on us. <laughs> so. <laughs> right now, why you still like it? And you're like, oh, yeah. they said a number. They knew their names. This is this is the kind of thing I want to subscribe to. <laughs> These guys clearly are on the ball, and then they say gash wagon. So anyway, I'm gonna fit it in in every episode now. Delightful news, Mike. Delightful. <laughs> I thought you'd think so, sir. We're on the same wavelength there. So. Now, one of the things that you guys know, many of the squatties, and and I think, you know, we probably brought some people from back in the Snark Alec radio days, then we probably picked more people up along the way with our particular brand of uh, content that we deliver here. But I think it's fair to say that we brought a lot of people on board because of our Alice Cooper reviews. YouTube traffic would indicate so. And, you know, we've kept that up and, and... while the Alice Cooper reviews were were kind of winding down or wrapping up or however you'd like to phrase it, Kelly had a stroke of fucking genius and decided that we would do these prisoner exchanges where we would introduce each other to albums that we love that the other one might not be as familiar with. And I have to be honest, like this is not only is it a great idea and Kelly's had so many great ideas regarding this podcast and the different things that he brings to it. But this is one of my favorite things because it's become very, very interesting. And we've had a couple of outside recommendations and I can't wait to see what happens as we progress sort of further down that rabbit hole just discovering new music and discussing it with with a like-minded individual like that. This is one of one of my favorite things that we do. And you know, I I tried to piggyback on that <laughs> and add my own little two cents to it. And one of the things that we did uh with Alice Cooper is while we were, you know, wrapping up those reviews, we did an Alice Cooper playlist. And the idea was Kelly and I each came up with a playlist of songs that we would recommend to somebody who doesn't know who Alice Cooper is. Just say somebody came up to us and we're like, Hey, you guys know a lot about Alice. What are some songs we should listen to? And that got me thinking like, well, what if we made playlists for each other? Or, you know, if you want to think about it more romantically, it's like making mixtapes for each other, Kelly. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I'm I'm not going to try and take, you know, cra- I mean, I, I had the idea for the playlist thing, but this is just piggybacking off Kelly's awesome idea and me just trying to add my own little stamp to it. But I thought it'd be fun to kind of like, you know, mix it up a little bit and come up with something that, you know, might be like a, a playlist that we would share with each other and and not make them too long because I wanted to have the opportunity to kind of like involve you guys in these playlists too. Not only should you guys recommend stuff, make your own playlists for us, but we could share these playlists with you without it being like such a crazy daunting thing where there's like 20 songs or something like that on there. Yeah, so I think you do receive uh, full credit for the concept on this one. I wouldn't say it's derivative. I think it's a really, really cool idea, too. And the idea of building kind of individual playlists off of different themes or ideas is a lot better than 22 songs. <laughs> so that, that <laughs> preparation time's a little better on that. And I do think it'd be kind of kind of a cool, accessible way for, for any of the listeners out there, too, that if you'd come up with a playlist, you'd like to kind of 
step us through some time, we'd be definitely open to that. Oh yeah, absolutely. And another thing that's cool about it too, is it's a way to kind of like share. So, you know, one of the things we've talked about it is, you know, other artists. And I, I think we're both on the same page that we're going to do with Bisto Blanco. And there's some other artists where we would like to work our way through their catalog, or at least, you know, hot, what we see as high points of the catalog or important things to talk about in the catalog of other artists that we're kind of on the same page about. But I think too, like, just as you mentioned, preparation time, we're never going to get to everything. So I think that this is a cool way. Like there's a lot of music and I know Kelly's the same as me. We we both just listen to so much music and such a variety of music. There's so much music. We're never going to hit it all in the prisoner exchanges. And there's a lot of music that I wanted to share with Kelly and with the squatties. And I want to hear from Kelly and want to hear from the squatties. And I just thought this was like a more accessible way to do that. Yep. I'm looking forward to going through round one of this. <laughs> It should definitely be interesting. And so one of the things, I don't want to say I didn't have a theme going into this, but it was more like, so you would never, and this wasn't a conscious thing. You would just not really know it by the fact that we, you know, we've talked so much about Alice. I'm constantly referencing my love of the Beach Boys and Prince and Black Sabbath and things like that. But as much as I love all those artists, I'm a huge, huge fan of female singers. What about you, Kelly? Hard to say. I mean, I think if I look across my catalog, I have probably tend to have, it feels it's probably a little more male dominated uh, in, in terms of, because it's mostly groups. So it's like The Clash, Tony O'K, Kinks, The Who. Uh, I really do enjoy, and this playlist was a really good example, is that uh, I, I need to probably broaden my horizons a bit more because <laughs> there's some great stuff, great stuff out there. But there are also people like Laurie Anderson. I'm a huge fan of Laurie Anderson and all that. So I just probably don't have as good a representation as I should in my catalog, but a lot of the stuff I run across I really do like. Yeah, I'm just, in general, just a huge fan of female singers, and I realize it's weird that I haven't yet sort of represented that in the show. And I, I just listened to so much uh, female fronted music. So I thought, it, you know, I just literally just, you know, my own playlists on my Apple music account just went through and was like, well, what are the songs I'm listening to right now? And just picked songs off of there that I thought would be interesting to share. And they're really varied. What's interesting though, too. So for anybody who doesn't know, cause you know, we never talk about projects we're involved with. I'm always trying to get Kelly to kind of calm down on that. I am in a band. I don't know if you knew that Kelly. Uh, not familiar. No. I dabble sometimes in music and we have a, a female vocalist that we predominantly work with. That's not a mistake. Like that's not a coincidence. That's not, um, when I started the band, it was a predominantly instrumental project. And as I started, what came upon the, the urge to start adding more vocals to it, it was a very conscious decision to have a female vocalist. And it was actually really difficult to find somebody who was the right fit for the band. We're putting together this scrapbook right now that Kelly actually wrote a, a little piece for, for the beginning of, and a disclaimer for the beginning of it. And uh, we're putting together a scrapbook and there, we burned through a lot of female singers in the beginning before we settled on Jen Price, who's amazing and has been working with us for a long time. But we burned through a lot of female singers and a lot of them just weren't working out. But I stuck to my guns that I wanted to work predominantly with a female vocalist. And it really just stems from this whole, I love female singers. And a big part of that is as a kid, I was hugely influenced by the band Coven. Are you familiar at all with them, Kelly? A little bit. So they were a giant influence on me. And um, mostly because I had a crush on their singer, Jinx Dawson, as a little kid. I remember seeing the vinyl of their first album, Witchcraft. And just, I don't think I knew what a crush was, but but I knew I was in love with her <laughs> as a little kid looking at that vinyl. And I've told her this, so it's okay. It's not creepy. <laughs> um, no, not at all. Yeah. 
It's not creepy at all because I've said it to her face. <laughs> and um, that's not how it works, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, that makes it okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. And um, we're huge, huge Coven fans. We don't try and hide that at all. I wear my Coven <laughs> references on my sleeve all the time. And we, we've been incredibly lucky to, to actually know them and work with them a little bit. And one of our most popular logos was actually designed by Jinx from Coven. So it was always going to be our, our main vocalist was always going to be a female vocalist. So I thought it was weird when I started thinking about, all right, what will my first playlist for Kelly be? And then I was like, I've never put a female fronted album on here. The only other weird byproduct of this is there's no Coven songs on this playlist. And that's just because at some point you're going to get a Coven album as a prisoner exchange. So that's why there's no Coven on here because I felt like it would just be giving away too much of what's bound to come very shortly. Looking forward to the Coven album in the prisoner exchange. So what was your top line reaction when you got the playlist? Are you familiar with any of these artists? I was familiar with none. I was familiar with one of the songs because it is a cover. And um, so that was about it. So it was all new territory for me. Nice. Well, in a way, I'm glad because it. I and I thought at least a couple of them, I was like, I'm pretty sure Kelly is unaware (laughs) of these artists. Just because, again, we both listen to so much music that what's amazing and great about social media and digital platforms for artists to share their music is that it has created this level playing field where you have access to so much content but at the same time it's impossible even if you're such an ardent music fan as kelly and i it's impossible for us to know everything and to listen to everything so that's why i thought this would be cool to kind of introduce ourselves to stuff and i really hope squatties hear this and send us a playlist i think that would be really cool i would also love to get a playlist from mel yeah, we'll have to sync up with her on that. I think that would be great. Yeah, I think that would be a lot of fun. So before we, I, I know you guys love tangents, but let's just get to it. <laughs> and Sorry. Start tear- I know, start tearing these songs apart a little bit. So the first thing up, I have Lucifer, My Love from Twin Temple. Twin Temple, actually, of everything on here, Twin Temple is relatively new to me. I was introduced by, to them by uh, Del James, the writer and lyricist, and he's probably best known uh, for his work with Guns N' Roses. Have you ever heard of them? Uh, I'm familiar with them. Okay. Yeah, we, we kind of like helped them out a while back and like let one of their guys play on one of our songs and do some podcasts and stuff like that. So, um, but he was uh, posting some stuff about this band Twin Temple that I had never heard of. And whenever Dell posts stuff, I've noticed like we have a lot of similar tastes in music and movies and things like that. And he even commented and recommended things directly to me that I've really enjoyed. So I wanted to go and check them out. Was not disappointed <laughs> whatsoever. And this was actually the first song, coincidentally, that I listened to. I just jumped, hopped. I saw his post about them. And I was like, oh, never heard of them. Let's see what it sounds like. Hopped over to YouTube. This was the first song. I listened to a lot of, not even necessarily like old doo-wop and rockabilly and rock and roll stuff. But I also like a lot of the modern stuff that kind of pays homage to that. And this falls into that latter category. So this is not only doo-wop, but this is satanic doo-wop, which is new territory for me. <laughs> so really- I think it may be new territory in general. I'm not versed enough in doo-wop, I guess, to really say that, but I feel like there wasn't a giant market for this back in the day. I would say from both the satanic and they're both their satanic and doo-wop is strong in this album. They, <laughs> they pull it together uh, really well. You've got that big staccato-like organ kind of choppy organ kind of stuff going on that you typically get in doo-wop. A spoken word word segment towards the tail end of the song, which is always outstanding. I really enjoyed this song quite a quite a bit. 
I, I didn't really know what I was getting into, uh, but it is True Blue, well executed duop, and I'm big. I'm a big duop fan. Back from uh, Zappa doing Cruising with Ruben and the Jets, and uh, like the Uncle Meat phase and those types of things with with Zappa and the Mothers, where they did a lot of duop stuff that was pretty fun. Yeah, and what I like about it too is it it doesn't feel like a parody. Like even this kind of thing could easily go into parody territory, especially with the satanic references and things like that. But and it is it is funny and there's sort of like a tongue-in-cheek kind of vibe to it but i also feel like the music is sincere like they didn't skimp on the music like you would think with a parody song or something that's a little funnier if that makes sense i, I hear exactly what you're saying because it could become really kind of jokey uh to a to a degree and it doesn't it doesn't do that it is there is a tongue-in-cheek element to the to the delivery but it's also just a really well-executed duop song it did concern me Towards the end of the song, uh, there's a mention that basically that the devil kisses better than Jesus uh, towards the end. And I was worried, given some past history with Mike, that this was a theme where it's Jesus kissing things was going to be the theme. <laughs> Which, you know, I wasn't going to mention it because we know that Kelly likes to think about Jesus kissing his thighs. <laughs> so. so so that's not a uh, really a fair recounting of the situation. But those are words you said. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I sang them, and I didn't say exactly. Oh, those words. Sorry, yeah, that's totally different. I'm totally sorry. different. It's kind of like when you <laughs> when you sing it, it's okay, and um, and and those weren't the exact words, but but we, we've moved on. We've moved on. <laughs> maybe, on. To the, okay. maybe to the next song. All right, then. So for the second track, I I picked a Lana Del Rey song. I'm a huge Lana Del Rey fan. This is Lana Del Rey is a a staple around the house. Like this is this is go to music for just background music of whatever's going on. I'm a big fan. Most of the people around me also big fans. So this is an easy go-to to throw on. One of my favorite songs, Gods and Monsters. And what's weird about this song though is it's from an EP called Paradise, which was released separately and then also packaged together with her big breakout album, her de- her full-length debut album. You could get it packaged together as a double-disc album or as a standalone like extended EP sort of short album. And this was a song that I... There were other tracks on the album that I was giving a lot more attention to and somebody brought it to my attention like I don't understand how Gods and Monsters isn't your favorite song on this and somehow like when I first listened through it it just didn't click with me the same way and then after somebody brought it up and I listened to it again like this is now probably my favorite song by her I like vocalists I like you know kind of two two kinds of vocalists the uh country and western no (laughs) actually (laughs) ones that have a distinctive uh delivery that you just that kind of sticks with you and that's that's a, the Graham Parkers of the world I'd argue Tony O'K Joe Strummer are folks that it's just there's a kind of a unique sound to it but I also like folks that are just very gifted at singing ridiculously well and that would be Lana Del Rey I mean incredibly talented I just was really struck by uh the beauty of the singing just then the accomplish the accomplishedness of the the singing so it was a great song Got some Jim Morrison name checks in there. That's kind of cool. But it, I was just really struck that the the music itself was was great. But it was just she's such a strong singer. I really enjoyed this song. And I almost didn't include this only because at some point there will be a Lana Del Rey prisoner exchange. Um, but she has so much great stuff. Uh, and not to say that Coven doesn't, but Coven only has a handful of full length studio albums. So I felt like I have a lot more Lana Del Rey to pick from. So I, I felt more at ease throwing this out there. And I, I thought it was good. Not that I put 
too much thought and maybe on the next one i will put a little bit more thought into how they they kind of flow together but i i did think like as soon as i put twin temple in the beginning i was like lana del rey would be perfect to follow this up like i think it's just a good transition song i'll buy that (laughs) which which brings us into our next song (laughs) see and i didn't even bring up that she says fuck in the lyrics a couple times i could have quoted those but i didn't because i'm clean I was kind of expecting you would, <laughs> so. yeah, but I didn't. So you're not going to have to edit out all those fucks because I'm but not going to say them. That's that's awesome. It, it, and I should really stop dwelling on it. But just one other comment. <laughs> There's a chance to run away and I'm not taking it. The most beautifully delivered <laughs> that I've, in any song I've ever heard. It's just so so she has a song since you're going to dwell on it. She yeah. has another song <laughs> and it has a, it has a, I'm not going to give it away here because I'll wait until it ends up on the prisoner exchange probably or on another playlist, but I didn't realize. So I have, uh, we use for our, our streaming on our main TV, we use the Amazon fire TV and I use not the fire stick, but the fire box because you can play games on it and stuff too. I didn't realize when you play music on the TV through your Amazon account, the lyrics show up on the screen. <laughs> So I was like cleaning or doing something. I remember I told you Lana Del Rey very legitimately is like normal everyday background music at home. And there's a really explicit line in the beginning of one of her songs, which again, I'm not going to give away just like I didn't use all the fuck stuff from this song because I don't want to give Kelly stuff to edit out. I don't want to make this harder for him. But there's a great line in the beginning as I was walking by and I didn't realize it was on the screen and it was just like giant letters on the screen. It was a hilarious moment for me, but we'll, I'll save it for the the big payoff when you hear the song and have to worry about how many times I'll say it during that review. This is good news. <laughs> Something to look forward to. Indeed. <laughs> so, uh, and we're burning right through this. There's six songs on the playlist. We're already halfway through. Uh, well, going into the halfway mark, we have Chelsea Wolf and Carrie and Flowers. I'm going to guess you've never heard of Chelsea Wolf before either, right? You said yep. none of these? No familiarity with uh, any of the ones we discussed. So... Prior to this particular album that this is off of, I had heard of Chelsea Wolf. Maybe I had heard something from hers, but it never really like caught my attention or, or never. And again, I just listened to so much stuff. It's just one of those things where like I was aware this existed. It just never really clicked with me or caught my attention enough. And then around the time or maybe shortly before this album came out, this song was sent to me as like a promo thing. And I just instantly loved it. It's a strange beginning and it's a, it's a great juxtaposition because the music is very, I don't want to say heavy, but abrasive because her music, I I wouldn't say is particularly heavy. She's, it's, she's not a metal performer by any means, but her music can be very abrasive at times. And, And it's pretty varied too. It's not all like this, but with this song in particular, what I love about it is the vocals for the most part are very soft and almost ethereal at times, but with this abrasive music underneath, whereas, you know, you might expect something more like Alana Del Rey type track, or even something like Lycia for more ethereal vocals and not something as abrasive as this. Christian is also a giant Chelsea Wolf fan, and we've gone to see her together a couple of times. So I too struggled to find the appropriate term to capture the the tonality. Uh, Cause yes, I thought I was going with industrial. I said, ah, that's not, really accurate i ended up with growly and distorted <laughs> to describe <laughs> the uh the music with then of course the juxtaposition of of the vocals being different than that and then these really cool shifts that occur as we get into the chorus of the hold on chorus where there's a big this rumbling along then it kicks into kind of a different gear to that that i really really like this is my favorite song on the playlist i liked all of them but this is my favorite song on it 
Lucifer, my love might be my second because I do love that doo wop. This was this is a good song, and uh, there's just almost this AK forty seven type percussion going on and driving through this uh, song that just made it really special and and good. So good song. Yeah, it's a really good song. And while I like most of her stuff, I would say this, in my opinion, is her best album. The last time I went to see her with Christian, I bought this. She had all of her albums on cassette there. So I, I bought a physical copy of this on cassette, of course, because I love tapes. And that brings us to Wind Hand. Sort of like Chelsea Wolf in the sense that of how I was introduced to it. Was sent this track <laughs> just totally, you know, sort of randomly. And uh they they Windhand already existed. This wasn't their first album. It's from the album Soma, which is my favorite of theirs, but it wasn't their first release. And this was the first thing I heard from them. And musically, it's noisy, abrasive, doom metal, like slow and plotting, but loud and washed out sounding. Exactly what you'd expect from a doom metal band and really what you'd be looking for if you're a fan, particularly of this genre of music, this subgenre of music. But what's different about it is that they have a female vocalist, which is there are plenty of metal bands with female vocalists and great female vocalists fronting metal bands but you don't hear a lot of female vocals in doom metal and when you hear female vocalists sometimes in metal i feel like sometimes and i'm not trying to come down on anybody or criticize anybody but i feel like there are female vocalists who just try and do a more masculine approach to the vocals which i i don't think is necessary like i i think you can you can play off heavy music and you don't have to do it in the same way that chelsea wolf did where it, it's very feminine and very ethereal sounding over heavier music like you can do a full-on metal delivery without having to try and growl in a lower register if that makes sense and that's what i love about this band because i feel like she doesn't do that like she she has her own thing and does her own thing while the band is playing very traditional very good but very traditional doom metal music and her vocals are really what sets it apart it's interesting having these two songs next to each other chelsea wolf and then and then the wind hand uh, song in that they both are rougher uh and and a little more growly again i'll stick with my growly <laughs> on that but whereas with chelsea wolf song the vocals and I, I touched on this when we did nine inch nails as well that and it's it's probably a personal failing of mine but i'm a big lyric fan and the lyrics on this song are, are some of the the best and most imaginative and evocative of all the songs on there so outstanding lyrics on there including i miss the feeling of the landslide is very very cool uh so some great lyrics but you'd mentioned washed out and this is as i kind of mentioned before when in the mix they kind of say we're not going to pull the vocals up high enough to be crisp and they're going to just kind of work jointly with the music i fall off the boat a little bit on a song like that i don't dislike the song i like it i i find the previous song far superior because there's a little greater separation for me on that but it was a uh, was a really good good song uh overall though and it just kind of lumbers along and then there's a nice kind of guitar break uh, around the middle of the song that adds some nice texture to it that was really cool so a good song i'm back to my and this like i said just probably me i'm not a big fan of the, the muddier mix on vocals you touched on something that i i, I do think is indicative particularly of this subgenre of music in doom metal a lot of times the vocals and the music sort of bleed together and i i think it's it's a staple of the genre to a certain degree. So it's to be expected with this, but I do think it's sometimes what keeps hard rock and metal fans who would love the music of doom metal, maybe keeps them back a little bit from getting more into it because of not having that strong separation where the, the vocals are clearly on top of the music. Okay. So that brings us to, so 
I don't know if I've ever mentioned my love of Japanese music. So, no. <laughs> Reflecting back, I do not believe that that's... No, I don't believe you have. I, I listen to a lot of Japanese music. I never really realized how much until somebody pointed it out to me and i was like oh i only listen to like a couple bands and i rattled off a list of like 10 japanese bands that i'm really into and then i realized i can name like 10 more that i kind of like and that's probably more than most people who <laughs> who aren't there and a part of the scene do you know what i mean it's not, it's not like we have a strong representation of japanese music in our culture here yeah that's that that's an understatement <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so uh a band though that is probably more familiar. You don't necessarily have to deep dive too much into Japanese music. One of the better known sort of hard rock and metal acts to be associated with Japanese music is the band Boris. And uh, they're best known for an album they made called Pink, which a lot of people, that's their you know big record that everybody associates them with at some point. And this is another one that I sort of debated whether or not I should put on there because at some point, and the only reason I haven't yet, it, it is in my opinion, one of the best albums ever made. There's an album called Gen Show, and I, it was a recommendation of mine, I think, when I was a guest on Nurture and Support. They did a collaborative album with Mersbau, the Noise Project, Mersbau, and they did a collaborative album called Gen Show, which is two separate albums. It's a Boris album and a Mersbau album that you can listen to as totally separate projects, but then if you play the tracks at the same time from the two different discs, the songs actually interlock with each other. Yeah, and I need to correct myself from when we kick things off to where I had I said I had familiarity with any of these. I did have a smattering of familiarity with Boris because of your previous recommendation. There you go. So at some point, Gensho will be a recommend uh, prisoner exchange. I it's just the reason it hasn't yet <laughs> is it'll be a lot of work in the sense that I need to find you good. <laughs> you know, MP3s or something where you can actually do that and play them at the same time and get the the effect you're supposed to get from the tracks. But one of the tracks on there that they what Boris did for their for their half was they took existing songs and made totally new interpretations of them. Whereas for Mersbau's half, they Mersbau made a whole new record. So Boris took existing songs just to make it even harder and stranger <laughs> to make these interlocking projects. They used existing songs, but re-recorded them. And some of them, they, they beefed up parts, other things they stripped down. One of my favorite songs on that particular project is that incarnation of the song Rainbow. This is the original version of Rainbow from one of Boris's albums, not from Pink, which is their most famous. But this is a, a Boris song that I really enjoy. And I was curious to kind of get your feedback a little bit to see if Gen Show should be something <laughs> that, that we put into the Prisoner Exchange rotation. Yeah, this probably third favorite song on the list. So think you're safe <laughs> for a recommendation okay. there. Definitely pick up on the Eastern influence in the music. Very organic. It's a very kind of organic structured song. I know we're concentrating on discussing the music, but most of the time for prisoner exchanges and something like this, Mike and I are consuming the tracks. At least I am through YouTube. It's going to go through, find a playlist and, and work my way through there. So it's a trippy video for this one. <laughs> so yeah, that was the only thing I tried not to include music videos because a couple of these had videos and I just wanted to be focused on that. But there's actually a number of versions of this song. So Boris has re-recorded the song a few different ways and there's a couple live album incarnations and things too. So I actually, the only way I could get you the original studio recording, which is what I intended for the playlist, was to use the music video. Yep, we're it worked out. It worked out great, but I just and I was concentrating on listening, but it was it was something. It's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool video, very artsy. So I kind of watched it as well. And that's like 
Boris's music is kind of like, this is a more sort of laid back track. They have a lot of really heavy stuff though. And I would say most of their stuff, particularly their most popular album, Pink, is more like noisy, artsy garage rock. It's, you know, part metal, part Detroit rock, and then like artsy experimental stuff. It's it's an interesting mixture of sounds. And this is a little bit different than that, but it is a popular song and there's multiple versions of it. So the only way I could get you the one that I meant for the playlist was for the video. Not a, not a problem at all. I said I did enjoy the song. Okay. So that we made it through this pretty quickly for us. Um <laughs> That brings us to our last song. So I felt like you wouldn't be familiar with Angie. I have Correct. become <laughs> I have become, particularly more recently, a huge fan of her work. I was a fan so a couple of years ago she put out her first like commercial single, which is a toe tapping ditty called Smoke Weedy Pussy. And I played this song quite frequently <laughs> to the dismay of a number of people. And it's more of a novelty song though. And while she can sing, I don't think anybody, even myself, was like, eh, "It's this is a fun song, but it, it's kind of a novelty song. And once you get past like the shock value, like it's catchy, but is there more there than just the shock value? And then she released a few more singles, and each one just got better and better. And it, a couple of really, really great songs. And then finally, she put out a full-length album last year called Suicidal Since 1995, which may be a prisoner exchange, depending on how much you hated this, potentially. <laughs> um maybe a prisoner exchange her album was great and my only in fact my only complaint about it is it actually doesn't include most of her early singles that she released over the past couple of years but it ends with a cover of venus and furs which of course was a song i knew you i knew you wouldn't know who angie was or figured you probably wouldn't know who she was i I don't know how big into european pop trap you are (laughs) um but I knew you knew this song from the original. So I was very curious to hear your feedback on it. What I like that she did with it is it's not it's not true to the original sonically, but I do feel like it evokes the same atmosphere. Yeah, I'm with you 100% that uh, different approach, but same result in terms of what's coming across in the song. This is a Velvet Underground song uh, written by Lou Reed. And I mentioned a little bit earlier that you know I like vocalists that have a unique delivery style, which you can certainly... You can attribute to Mr. Reed as well. And I'm a big Lou Reed fan. We'll be, we'll, I'm sure Mike and I will be talking about Lou Reed in some capacity uh, through our, our music chats at some point in time. But um, like the song, this is a Lou Reed lead when he sings it. The reason I kind of was a little equivocating on is Rainbow, my my third favorite, because this one also uh, was was is right up there too and probably kind of bounced between the two of them to decide which is my my third favorite so i did not hate the song i liked it quite a bit i actually prefer i have to go few listen a few more times and go back and forth between the two but i kind of prefer her vocal on this one and her her creation of the song over lou reed's i like both obviously but i think i might actually slightly lean towards hers and that's that's saying a lot because i'm a big that is yeah yeah, I knew you were a Lee Reed fan, and we, we've we talked about it, and I'm sure, I, I mean, to me, I, I don't know if we want to work our way through Lou Reed's entire catalog, but to me, Lou Reed, because we're both fans, should be more than a prisoner exchange, maybe do a few albums or something. So I, I knew you were a fan, though, and I'm a fan as well. And I've heard a lot of Lou Reed covers, especially since he passed away, and most of them are garbage, If I, and that's me being nice. <laughs> most of them are garbage. And like I said, it, it's I liked Angie right away. Like Smoke Weedy Pussy is a great song. Like it's super catchy, but it's a pop song. And it's especially with the title and the lyrics have a lot of like shock value to them. 
to the point where it's just like, well, is this just going to be a novelty act or does she have more to offer? And then each single just got better and better. And then when she put out the album, the album was great. So I'm really hoping she has a long career because I would just love to hear this is off the first album. So I would love to hear two, three albums down the line where she's at. I think she's going to be a great singer and somebody who potentially could have a really long, great career. So I, I thought it was interesting because I figured with the Lou Reed connection, like this would be the one to introduce you to, because at some point suicidal since 1995 is probably going to be a prisoner exchange. Look forward to that. And so what we'll do here, gang, is we'll do the standard thing. We'll do the blog post. We'll have the podcast out on that. We'll get it available on YouTube with a number of edits. Thanks, Mike. And we'll put a version. I didn't do the gods and monsters stuff though. So you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> awesome. Very kind of you. So we'll uh, get I can't a version. Wait to hear smoke weed eat squirrel though. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's, that's pretty much going to be it. <laughs> so, which we may have just given her a new song. She may, you know, that may end up. Angie, being... if you somehow hear this, please come on the show. <laughs> Come on the show, play us your version of Smoke Weed Eat Squirrel. I'm sure it's going to have a little country twang to it. And it's going to be awesome. But we'll uh, we'll do all that. Uh, the YouTube video of the pod, you know, it's not a video, but the YouTube version uh, of the podcast will be available for you to listen to uh, that way. But then what we'll also do on my YouTube channel is start building out playlists for any of these playlists that we create so that you can kind of go back and just actually listen to the whole the whole deal. So we'll... We'll get all that figured out. There'll be all kinds of goodies for you on the YouTube channel. So hope you follow Mike's advice earlier in the show and do subscribe. Yes, please do everybody. And of course, we hope you join us for more of these and send us your playlists so we can review those as well. Sounds great. Hey, thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks, everybody. Stop the broadcast.